0: welcome back everybody and thank you for tuning in we've got a lot to get to today so we're just gonna jump right in uh earlier today the panthers released uh former mvp quarterback cam newton Uh, they saved 19 million dollars in cap space and nick i'm gonna throw it to you and start it off do you think this was the right move by the panthers
1: it's about time the panthers did this we were just waiting for it it was pretty inevitable right and then we just saw the signing of P.J. Walker a couple of days ago. So that, that was kind of the nail in the coffin.
0: Yeah, been, uh, I think Matt Rule just – he said that, you know, enough is enough. He didn't want to well, deal with Cam. and Yeah,
1: as as, as Matt Rule came into the league, it's just like they got off to the worst start possible, and they never clicked. It, it was never going to work. And, uh, you know, when, once Cam – we all saw – once Cam tweeted out and said, you're forcing me to, you know, forcing me to choose a team to, find, like, get a trade partner? Yeah. That, that, that was it. Everybody knew. And that's why no one traded for him besides the fact that he can't get a physical done right now. Well, no one he, was I mean, he had him.
0: he had a physical done today in Atlanta uh, with Panthers doctors, and, and they cleared him. So he wasn't released with a failed physical designation. So, so that's a okay. good sign for potential teams. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, he throws up a not-so-cryptic tweet. About you know he's being forced out, and if you're an, uh, another GM and you even think about bringing Cam Newton in, you're saying why would I give up a single asset for somebody who's already on the outs, right? Like even if it's a seventh round pick, you, you're not giving something up to get to bring Cam Newton, especially because his salary was going to be almost twenty one million dollars this season, so or over twenty one million, excuse me. So you know. At this point, now that he's released, you can sign him to a more team-friendly deal, word it how your organization words it, versus taking on a Panthers contract.
1: Yeah, and there really aren't that many suitors for him. I know, like, even if if they had said, uh, you know, we're going to let you choose a team, uh, there really is no spot for you on this team, not that we don't want you, if he was cool with it and didn't speak out about it, then... I, I still don't think there would be many teams available. The only teams that seem to really need a quarterback now are the teams that are actually going to draft one in this upcoming uh, uh, April. It, yeah. It doesn't there, – there really isn't much for him. And like you said, no
0: one's going to pay you $21 million to be a backup. Right. A- absolutely. And Or or even to compete. I mean, at, right. at some point, the, those numbers become solidified in your cap. And, you, you know, it's easy to move them around now uh when he's a free agent versus moving them around after a trade or you know after they become guaranteed uh, as part of his salary. So this was the best move all around. Um uh, I feel it's unfortunate for Cam Newton because this all came on because of his shoulder issues. Um but I think it gives him a new breath of uh, fresh air. Um I, so as part of that Nick where do you think uh Cam ends up? I think
1: there's really only two spots that Cam can end up. I think either Miami or the Chargers. Uh, I think both teams, they're still projected to draft either uh, Tua or uh, Justin Herbert at the, with the 5-6 and six pick. But Cam Newton will definitely be somebody that uh, they can learn from, even if I think he would sign a one-year deal. And I think that he will be able to help them progress enough. We've seen it time and time again where... a a player spends one one year underneath a quarterback and they're ready to go the next year. So I think that's the the ideal situation. We we saw the tweet come out with Tua yesterday. The video showing that he is uh, off the crutches and he looks perfectly healthy. Yeah, he's but starting I, to progress I, well. You still right. You you still don't want to rush him back. You want him to learn the NFL system that he's in the the team he's with. Uh, you don't want to rush him into any a situation that's gonna you know derail his career before it gets started. Uh, so uh, Cam Newton's going to be that one-year filler, uh, either there or uh, with the Chargers. Right now, the Chargers have Tyrod Taylor. We saw what Tyrod Taylor did for Baker Mayfield; wasn't much. And so I don't, I don't think that the Chargers really want Tyrod Taylor to be the one to teach Justin Herbert what's going on. Justin Herbert has so much potential, and I think has the highest ceiling out of all quarterbacks in this draft. And I think there's no better quarterback available to to teach somebody like Justin Herbert, than Cam Newton, he's a very similar body type. They're both uh, speedy guys, very big body. They're both six six, uh, very thick. So it's gonna be, I think, very similar play styles. And if Cam can teach him the ropes, to tell him what to do in certain situations, maybe avoid hits in a certain way, I think that'll help him a lot and keep his career, uh, you know, going longer than Cam's is so far. Cam. Well, okay. should you know, Cam should be going a lot longer with the, the Panthers if it weren't for these injuries. And I think if Cam could, I'm sure he's reflected a lot in uh, his rehab, so he knows what he would do differently next time.
0: Right, but the 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 only issue I have is that the Chargers have already said that they're riding with Tyrod Taylor. I I don't see them getting going away from that i think i think they want to see what they have in tyrod taylor i think they they expect him to win football games they expect him to work with the team that they have and whoever they draft uh whether it is to uh, or if it's justin herbert um at the end of the day they they have their succession plan already in place so i i, I the only thing i don't like is uh that they've already committed to tyrod taylor I can't really see them publicly going back on that by signing Cam Newton as well. It was then be the that, first time. No, but it it's not... also very big egos that you have at play. Tyrod Taylor then isn't gonna play for the Chargers. He's gonna demand a trade. Cam Newton may not even wanna sign there because he you know, if they're willing to do that to to somebody, what means what says that they're not going to do it to him? So well, you okay, know, he's going to take that but, into place.
1: But Cam Newton's going to want a one year deal, one year prove it deal, because he wants a starting job. He knows anywhere he goes right now, he's not getting the job unless it's with the Patriots. No, That's I really understand that, situation. but if
0: it, the the deal that he signs is going to have to be very team friendly because nobody's paying him starter quarterback money. I still so, think he could get like fifteen million dollars over one year. I. i don't don't know if he if he can and if he does it's not going to be with the chargers they're not going to pay him and tyrod taylor and a quarterback from the first Tyrod
1: taylor is not making that much money and tyrod taylor i don't if you look at his history he's been with so many different teams he has not been a good influence on younger quarterbacks i don't know what you think you're going to get out of him? If he hasn't had success in the past with all these other teams, why do you think he's going to have success? But Tyrod Taylor Chargers? and
0: Baker Mayfield were completely different, and you know, going Tyrod Taylor
1: to, had OBJ and Jarvis Landry, I, and he couldn't do anything with it. So I don't, I don't understand how but, he's going to do even better. But with But that's your qualm Keenan to take up like, with well, the Charger, with the
0: Chargers front office. My, what I'm saying is that they've already publicly committed to him, and I don't believe that they are going to take that back they're not going to, i
1: think they want to i just see don't,
0: that i don't see cam newton in in the chargers uniform right now i think once they actually get
1: justin herbert they're going to realize that cam newton is a lot better for their organization because he's going to help them in the long run by teaching justin herbert and everything he has learned over the last nine years
0: uh i disagree i i think that cam newton's more likely to end up in a place like washington or denver um uh denver just because john elway he loves veteran quarterbacks he he has stated on multiple occasions that he wants a veteran quarterback to lead his team um and he obviously they have drew lock and he's the he's the uh franchise moving forward but you know like you talked about about teaching justin herbert maybe cam is the teacher for for drew lock in denver um it, it seems to be a pretty big fit um you know, I, I could see that happening, but I think the stronger connection here would be uh, with the Redskins. Now, obviously, they've you know they've gotten Kyle Allen, and they also have um, uh, Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. And obviously, I think this is the end for Alex Smith. We can all agree that Alex Smith probably won't be coming back for the rest of his career. Um, I just think that Washington with Ron Rivera presents an opportunity for him to to go back and. Um, you know, revitalize his career with the one coach that knows how to get the most out of him.
1: I just, okay, I want to go back to the, the Broncos. Last year, John Elway said that Drew Locke was the, the future, and I think what they saw was enough for them to progress with him as the starter. I don't think that they want to put any more resources into the quarterback position. They just got rid of Joe Flacco. If they wanted somebody to teach him, why not a former Super Bowl
0: MVP? Yeah, I because that because Cam Newton is better for teaching than Drew uh, Joe Flacco is. I don't I don't
1: believe that because you see Lamar Jackson. I think Joe Flacco definitely had an impact on him. I don't think Lamar Jackson would be where he is today without Joe Flacco. I, Same thing with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes.
0: I disagree. I I think that I I I, I don't think jo- that I think you're giving. Joe Flacco too much credit for what Lamar Jackson has been able to do. Lamar Jackson didn't win the MVP by throwing the ball like Joe Flacco did. He won it because he was Michael Vick 2.0, a better version of Michael Vick. So, I mean, all I'm
1: saying is I think Joe Flacco was if not better, he's at least equal to what Cam Newton can do in the locker room. I mean, in the uh back, you know, in the back end of things teaching him in film, teaching him how, how everything works and, and what he should do in certain situations. I don't understand why you would you go from one veteran quarterback to another when you know they're not the future, they're not going to be the starter, and you're trying to get younger and, and build for a championship. It, that doesn't make too much sense to me. I, I think Drew Lock, he spent enough time the, the last four or five games of the season as the starter last year. I think that's enough for them to move forward. He showed them enough that they're comfortable with him. Going to Washington, you said, like you said, Kyle Allen was just traded there for a fifth-round pick. Do you really think that Cam Newton wants to go to the Redskins where he lost his job last season to Kyle Allen? He didn't the, lose his the,
0: job. First? He was injured. He had he shoulder was, surgery. He didn't lose He was, but even when he was healthy, job. they held him out. Because he was never Kyle healthy. I-, I will stand by that. He was never healthy. You can tell me till you're blue in the face that he was healthy at some point. He he hasn't been healthy for a long time. This is the first time I believe that Cam Newton is fully functional and fully healthy.
1: But why? So Cam Newton's gonna go to the Redskins, who have Alex Smith, who's probably gonna be competing for the job. He'll probably. No, be I back. just
0: told you, Alex Smith's career is done. He's not coming is that back. Official? No, I I truly believe he will never play football again.
1: Until it's official, I think he's coming back to this training camp and he'll be
0: competing. I think that's a Eight. little naive. The the injury he suffered, he had to learn to walk again. It's that not was two something years that you ago. I understand that, but this isn't something you just come back from. This is a life-altering injury that he's going to have to deal with and he's going to have to move forward with for moving like as he progresses and I don't think football is everything he wanted it to be. He's an aged quarterback. He's been away from the game for 2 years now. I don't think he's coming back. I think he's done. I still think – it's
1: not like he just picked up a football again yesterday. He, he's he's he been rehabbing for this long. I'm sure he, he's been training. He's been throwing. It's not like his arms were the issue. I, I And even then, it's Alex Smith and then it's Dwayne Haskins with Kyle Allen. That's three quarterbacks right there. It just doesn't make sense. I don't see a spot for Cam Newton. And the the Redskins are one of the worst teams in the league right now. I don't think they're they're by you know the last team that's in a win now situation or you know going for a championship this
0: season. It's I I also believe that Ron Rivera doesn't care about Dwayne Haskins in the sense that if he doesn't perform in training camp and and in the preseason he may not have a job. I mean it it seems that simple and. You know it's going to be a reflection of, you know, everything that Bruce Allen has done and everything that ownership has done leading up to this point. uh, Before they got Ron Rivera in as the head coach, Um, I just don't think Dwayne Haskins has a has a future in Washington. So I think they could bring on somebody like Cam Newton, and he could take the reins over, and he could compete with Kyle Allen again, just in a different uniform. I think it'll be completely different.
1: Well, one thing I also think that Cam Newton's going to take into consideration is the weapons he'll be throwing to if he were to be the starter. And the Redskins have one one receiver in Terry McLaurin. They have no tight ends. They lost Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, retired. They have eight running backs, but you only can use you know two at a time at most. Who's he throwing to there? There's really nobody, and, and I don't think that's a situation he really wants to walk into.
0: I, I believe that... Cam Newton is going to go with something that he's uh, familiar with, and that would be Ron Rivera. Again, these are just my thoughts; these aren't your thoughts. This is no, I understand it. It's just I'm trying
1: to, I'm trying to put myself in Cam's shoes and figure out what would be the best situation for him. The only problem
0: with doing that is that you don't think like Cam Newton does. He thinks completely. He thinks you know how Cam Newton thinks. That's it. So it's gonna depend on what he values moving forward. Is it the relationships with the coach? Is it the the weapons around him? Is it about competing for a title? Is it more about competing to show that he can still be a top starter in this league? I mean what what is he trying to prove over this over the next year? What is what is his goal? I think he's, he's he's in the back end
1: of his career and he's already made his money in the NFL. Once you usually once you make your money,
0: you want a ring. So I think that he's ring chasing at this point. If he's ring chasing, then you know these aren't the teams. The four teams we laid out, none of them. Well, are I, going I, to I disagree. Be there. The, I disagree. The Chargers have done a lot this off season. I think if they have the right quarterback, they can do a lot, a lot of damage. I don't even think they they'll get out of their division even with a fully healthy Cam Newton. You have Patrick Mahomes sitting in that division. He's not letting go of the reins anytime uh, Cam soon. Cam
1: Newton is not Phillip Rivers. I understand I even,
0: that. I even think a
1: Cam Newton now is better than Philip Rivers was two years ago.
0: It, but okay, but you lost Melvin Gordon from two years ago as but much have as you. Neckler, I don't care about Austin Eckler. Well. No, Austin Eckler is not Melvin Gordon. <laughs> he he's pretty much he's almost better. Honestly,
1: I'd... Austin Eckler has been producing so much more. We last year he was tearing it up so much when Melvin Gordon decided to show up to camp. They were like, eh, you can take a back seat. And then when he was in the game, he wasn't even producing. Austin Eckler is gonna face him twice a year and be like, I'm gonna show show you why I'm better. I think we've nope, gotten
0: nope. far far off topic here. The point we, is We have, but the point is is that the, Cam Newton has plenty of options and all of his options depend on what he what his goals are for the upcoming season. Again, does he want to ring chase? Does he want to uh you know show that he can be an elite starter still what what are his goals and i think that'll narrow down his team selection from there i don't i don't really see something uh popping up until he answers those questions um but there's other players that are still without teams um some big name players and uh we're gonna go through uh five of them and see where you think that they're going to go? So the players I'm going to list in order: Jameis Winston, Jadevian Clowney, Everson Griffin, Taysom Hill, and Logan Ryan are all top remaining free agents that are still without a team. Um, I'm going to start with you. Give me where you think Jameis Winston ends up. Uh, by the start of the season, Jameis Winston will be a undraft or er, uh, a free agent.
1: I don't think that he will be on a team. I think that he will wait until a quarterback goes down usually there's at least one quarterback that goes down early in the season and he will force the hand of that team into signing him wherever that may be but they're gonna he'll he'll be like this this is my price you're gonna have to take it because you have no other option that's he he still wants to get paid he did put up 5,000 pass yards last season i think he wants something for it he's not going to just take a couple million dollars and settle so I, I think that he's gonna hold out even if it goes into the regular season because he he's betting on a quarterback uh, a, a team losing their their starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, um, that that's kind of where I was heading, uh, but this is this is one quarterback that I almost count on who's gonna go down <laughs> at some point. That would be with the Philadelphia Eagles, Carson Wentz. Just he hasn't been able to stay healthy his entire career. Um, and I think Jameis Winston somehow finds his way as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, I know it's, you know, Eagles fans don't want to hear that, uh, but it's the truth. Um, you know, Jameis Winston, he did throw for 5,000 yards. The weapons around him had a lot to do with that. The onset of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans still being a, you know, a, a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Um, you know, they had the uh, two uh, the dual tight end threat with OJ Howard and... Um, uh, Cameron Breit. And, uh, you know, that offensive line is nothing to scoff at either. So that, they had a lot of, he has a lot of weapons in, uh, ahead of him in, uh, Tampa Bay, but with the, with the Eagles, I think, you know, they'll give him an opportunity to, to do pretty well. Yeah, it's possible. I just don't think the Eagles, they don't have
1: too much cap room. I think they have more holes they want to fix the wide receivers need to be upgraded. Uh, they could still use a safety they lost Malcolm Jenkins so I I think that their money needs to be prioritized in uh, other spots well they also have the draft
0: to uh, alleviate some of those needs as well they
1: they do I I we all know that wide receiver is probably going to be their first round draft choice whoever that may be Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think if they really were relying on somebody they they'd probably opt to go back to Josh McCown who knows their system and can pick it up in a couple weeks or a couple days, if he really has to. Possibly, he's an, a vet, he's an age quarterback. He knows that he's been in the system for many years. They called on him at the the drop of a hat last year, and
0: he didn't do half bad. Yeah, I I just I like Jameis Winston being able to prove that you know maybe maybe it was his eyesight after all. You know, after the LASIK surgery, <laughs> um, that would yeah. be something. That would be absolutely crazy if that was the real reason. He, he could just be. couldn't see. Right? You know, he now he's back to twenty twenty and it's it's uh he's he's got twenty twenty in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um uh, I don't know. Jameis Winston's kind of a toss up. He could not end up on a team. Um I think you're right with the quarterback going down, but I think the mo the most likely quarterback that will go down or could go down would be Carson Wentz. Um It'd be something if it was Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's, let's not wish injury upon anyone. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> um, not. So, all right, the second free agent, Jadavion Clowney, uh, where do you think he's going to end up? I like Jadavion Clowney with the Cleveland Browns because oh. they, well, they've got the
1: most money in cap space right now, and they have put so much uh, time and effort into signing everything else than a linebacker. And they they lost Christian Kirksey while well, they released him, and he signed with the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for somebody to, to fill that void. Christian Kersey, he was uh, uh, an off he was a coverage linebacker, but Judavveon Clowney can still he's a very versatile guy, very athletic player who can do a lot of different
0: things he can put a hand in the ground he can play outside he could probably play inside linebacker if you really needed him too yeah i I don't i don't know if Clowney's doing anything but rush the passer you're you're not going to pay that man to do anything but get after that quarterback okay but even if that's the case
1: you have him and then miles garrett on the other side that's just like what we projected bradley wrote um um bradley chubb and von uh, von miller to be when he, when he was drafted. Right. So I think because we know Miles Garrett is an amazing player, and so is Jadavion Clowney, the two of them together, it's going to create havoc for the, the, the tackles that have to face them.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, the the Baltimore Ravens are, you know, they have Lamar Jackson. He's a great escape artist, but uh, I don't know how often he's going to be able to or want to escape from Miles <laughs> Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. Right, and Jadavion Clowney, he's not gonna get you a lot of sacks, but what he does best is he creates
1: a lot of pressure. He creates a lot of, uh, he create he creates a lot of double teams that opens up another player that's able to get to him. And if Jadavion Clowney is causing those issues, that frees up Miles Garrett or Larry Ogunjobi or somebody else on the. They have Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, all those guys uh, up front can just go terrorize the quarterback. That's right. So it's going to be an absolute matchup nightmare if the Browns were able to get him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I like Clowney a lot. I think, I think I could see him in another AFC team. That would be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They just paid a first round pick to go get uh, DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. So why not pair him with, you know, free agent stud Jadavion Clowney, lock him up on a long-term deal. They still have plenty of cap space to do so. Um, I think that, that would solve their uh, inept defensive line issues that they've had over the last, I don't know how many years, you know, ever since the Robert Mathis and um, Dwight Freeney days, they kind of, they've been lacking uh, pass rush. Um, you know, they got a little uh, production from Jabal Sheard, his first year with them. But you know, on, since then the pass rush has been anemic at best so I, I like him with the Colts. I think you pair him with some of the free agent signings they've had. Plus, um, I can't remember the linebacker's name that they drafted a couple years ago. Um, I'm blanking on it too. Huh? Yeah, the, um, but you know they they're gonna have uh, a Darius solid, Leonard. Yeah, Darius Leonard. They're gonna have a really solid defense if they can pair uh, Clowney and Buckner together and start building that defensive line as a to be the stalwart that we think they're gonna be.
1: I, I do like the Colts here. I think that this is a move they, they should make because they I don't think they've done that much in, in the offseason. They re-signed their, their tackle. That's fine. They added Phillip Rivers, uh, and they added DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner and Philip Rivers is almost $50 million of their 80 total cap. They're down to $30 million left, and they've added pretty much two pieces, and it doesn't seem like they're going to be much better than last year. So Jadavion Clowney would be a huge signing. He'd not only take over for the the production Jabal Sheard was giving them, but even uh, even more. And I think he could even help a young player that they'll draft in the second and third round, uh, another edge player. Who who you know, like I said, Jadavion Clowney's great at creating pressure and, and getting double teams. And I think he'll he'll be able to help. Uh, if it's Jadavian Clowney getting a double team to force buckner also probably creates a double team it frees up more people so i think by getting these big players who demand a lot of attention from the offensive line you'll be able to get your other players into perfect situations where they'll be able to make plays and so the 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 colts uh in that system with frank reich i think that that would be a, a great spot
0: for him as well yeah um i agree I think another defensive end that uh, is up in the air, the Colts could also go after, but I, I see him in a different spot. Would be Everson Griffin. Uh, where do you where do you have Griffin? I, uh, as we were, you know, we were just talking about the Colts. I think uh, Everson Griffin would would be
1: perfect with the Colts, sure. Because Jabal Sheard was great the first year he left New England, and then it seemed to just completely drop off they they lost defensive linemen around Jabal Sheard and it seems like he needs some help he can't just do it himself and that's why they went out and got DeForest Buckner because they they were having str- they've struggled getting to the quarterback and so you had DeForest Buckner but now you have no Jabal Sheard you have no other elite edge rusher so go get Everson Griffin yes he's 32 years old but he's still performing at the peak of his career I don't think you know he's he's probably going to command uh, a decent chunk of change but it's worth it with the amount of production him and DeForest Buckner are going to bring to that team it's going to it's going to free up other players to to produce for the Colts as well so th- i think the Colts are desperate to get an edge player in there and Everson Griffin would be a perfect position for uh, a perfect player for them
0: yeah i think Everson Griffin could definitely uh, get paired with a young, talented defensive tackle. I just don't think Buckner is the defensive tackle that he gets paired with. I think it's all the way up in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I think it's going to be with Quinn and Williams on the New York Jets. I think Everson Griffin could complement Quinn and Williams really well. He would be a stalwart in Greg Williams' defense. He can get after the quarterback as as quickly as anybody else can uh, on that team, and he's really going to apply pressure. Um, you know, and with every other team in the AFC East pouncing uh, to claim the throne that was now left by Tom Brady uh, as he headed down to Tampa, you know the Jets are in prime position to try to be able to compete with the Dolphins and the Bills and the Patriots for the for the AFC East so they have to start making deals um that are going to fill some of their holes and I think you know they have they have other holes as well but Everson Griffin could answer their pass rushing need specifically I think he'd be a good fit there
1: no I I think that would definitely be a good choice for them they've they've needed that help they've always seen to stack up the interior of a uh, defensive line so it's time to push outside and, and create some help for, uh, you know, now you get got Avery Bradley and C.J. Mosley back healthy. That'd be a perfect spot. Everson Griffin would would be able to help them out a lot. Um, they'd only need a couple more pieces, and they would actually be able to have a solid defense to compete with the Buffalo Bills who just added Stefan Diggs. Uh, you don't want Josh Allen holding onto that ball too long. Or if it's Tua in, in Miami, he's going to be running around, so you're going to need somebody to get to him as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think Everson Griffin makes a lot of sense for the Jets. He's he, he is aged a little bit, like you said, he's thirty two years old. But at the end of the day, uh, Joe Douglas try, seems to try to find the best value picks, and I think you know Clowney is probably outside of his uh, his reach for what he wants to spend on a defensive end right now. Um, so I think Everson Griffin will some they'll work on a deal that'll find him uh, in Jets green um moving on to taysom hill um i'm just gonna go quickly i think he stays with the saints they placed a first round tender on him he's a restricted free agent i I know sean payton wants him back drew Brees knows that taysom hill is the saints future i think i think he's going to stay in new orleans i really don't see him leaving but you think opposite i want to hear what you have to say
1: yeah so it, it would make a lot of sense uh, Teddy Bridgewater left the Saints it looks like Taysom Hill yeah he's an older quarterback but he's gonna take over for Drew Brees a- after this year or in two years and he'll be the franchise quarterback
0: yeah I, I don't all, think before so. you continue I just want to let you know he is 29 years old a lot of people don't know that he's only been in the league four years but he's 29 years old he got a late start so that is always something to consider when you're talking about him so I, I didn't mean to cut you off but I want to at least right, get that I, out there
1: the, the one thing with quarterbacks is it seems like their, their careers are uh, going further and further, and so if you could get another 10 years out of Taysom Hill, it'd be worth it to keep him. That makes a lot of sense. But I think that the San Francisco 49ers would actually be the best team for him, and I think that they would be most inclined to go after him and give up a first-round pick because they just got a 13th overall pick from the Colts for DeForest Buckner and you can go and get rid of that 31 overall that you're not going to get much value out of it there's not much for them at that position you're going to go give it to the Saints and get Taysom Hill who you're going to use in the same exact way that the Saints used him Drew Brees was the most one of the most immobile quarterbacks and you have another one in Jimmy Garoppolo he can move a little bit more but not as much so I think that uh, a guy like Kyle Shanahan wants that versatility in a quarterback and sees so much potential in Taysom Hill and thinks that if they had Taysom Hill on the roster in the Super Bowl, they would have easily have won the, that game. So they're, do you think wouldn't. Taysom Hill actually takes the starting job away from Jimmy G? No, but I think they're going to okay. use him as that utility player. I think Taysom Hill can do everything. He can run the ball, he can throw the ball, he can catch the ball. And they need all three of those. I They don't really need a running back, but you know that – he, he, he can do anything in any, any situation. He is the biggest anomaly when it comes to knowing what he's going to do. It, it's absolutely – it's endless, the, the possibilities when it comes to him. And I think that's why Kyle Shanahan's going to fall in love with him and, and think that there's no other option. I, there's no better pick for him at uh, the 31 spot. And so they're going to give him they'll, – they'll be like – they'll give the Saints the 31. And they'll offer him a big enough contract where the Saints aren't going to match his uh, the the deal they offer him. I think it'll be in the range of ten to twelve million dollars, where the Saints are are at a budget. I think the 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 Niners going to place a, a high uh, price on him, and and he, he's going to pay a lot of dividends for him. They're the Niners seem to be almost in a win now situation because they're going to have to pay all these young players soon. And you might as well pay one more to give you the best shot going up against the Saints and Buccaneers in this uh, in the NFC this season because it's going to be very very tough for the team
0: coming out of the NFC for any team. I agree, and uh, you know one one player that can help stop some of this uh, offensive explosiveness that we see in the NFC would be the final free agent that we have available on our list, and that would be cornerback Logan Ryan, a former Patriot and Tennessee Titan. Um, he, you know, he played really well as the almost lone cornerback last year with uh, Malcolm Butler on the sidelines. Um, he he did really well, and he just hasn't seemed to find the, the market that he's been looking for. I know uh, he's come out and said he's looking for at minimum $10 million a year, which is a steep price and not a lot of... Teams that would possibly want him have that type of money. So um, where do you see Logan Ryan uh, ending up? Well, first off, I don't even think that's a steep price to
1: pay for Logan Ryan. I think that Logan Ryan had a better year than Byron Jones, and Byron Jones is now the highest-paid cornerback in the league. Right. So it, it, taking that into, into consideration, yeah, you're not going to make Logan Ryan the highest-paid cornerback in the league, but if he's asking for 10 million dollars and byron jones just got 16 plus a year then i think that's a, a reasonable price that he's asking for and if i think that you can get him at a steal because this, this he's only 29 years old he can still give you another four or five years of solid production so i i think the cowboys are the best spot for him it's a big market jerry jones is willing to pay anything to win and i think that they, with the loss of Byron Jones, Logan Ryan is the best option available. They can even go in the draft and get somebody else to pair with him, and that'll make him even stronger than, than they have ever been. Uh, they, they've they struggled so much at this position. They just got Ha Ha Clinton-Dix. Re, retooling this entire defensive back it, it, with the Cowboys, it, it makes the most sense. I, I don't see any other place that, that truly makes as much sense as the Cowboys. It... it you could look at all these teams and say, yeah, they need a cornerback, but a lot of them are going to go into free agency. A lot of them don't want to spend that money because that's pretty much all they have left. The Cowboys still have twenty to $23 million of space, so I think that Logan Ryan is a perfect fit. Jerry Jones will pay the money because that will leave them with enough to go get another player in free agency if they have to or want to. So Logan Ryan to the Cowboys would be my pick.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I like Logan Ryan to the Cowboys. I think that would be a good move on their part. Um, it would help answer some of the moves that ha- happened in their division. Um, but also, um, I think that I think it would put them far and away as the best team in the NFC East. Um, plus, you talk about the the firepower from the the Saints and the Bucks and the 49ers and the Cardinals and, you know, everybody seemed to get better and the Cowboys seem to stay the same. I think this is the time where they need to strike and, and say that, you know, we're not going to take this. We're not going to sit back. And I know Jerry Jones, he's a very aggressive businessman. I could see him doing something like that. I see him going somewhere else though. I see Logan Ryan either going to the Houston Texans or the Detroit Lions. I see him staying within the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Um, Bill O'Brien needs to make uh, a a crazy move um not I, I, i'm not saying that signing logan ryan's crazy but he needs to make a big splash a big move to woo uh texas fans back to his side because after he traded jadevion Clowney and um uh deandre hopkins for a literal bag of peanuts um you know he's left there holding nothing but a tweet from his star quarterback saying that if this isn't fixed he wants out So, you know, he's got to do something. I think Logan Ryan is the perfect complement to the Houston Texans defense. Uh, you have JJ Watt who can rush the passer, Whitney Merciless who can drop into coverage and rush the passer. You need somebody on the back end who can hold up their, their end of the bargain as well. Uh, as for the Detroit lions, I mean, it's pretty simple. They lost Darius Slay Detroit, uh, uh, Detroit has Matt Patricia as their head coach. Um, Matt Patricia loves former Patriots on his team. Uh, you know he he decided a long time ago that he wanted to build rebuild uh, Patriots uh, Midwest and that seems to be what he's doing. So I, I think the Lions uh, may take a, a good run at Logan Ryan. They still have the both teams still have the cap space to make a run for his asking price. Um, I I think they can definitely do it. I like both of those options. I
1: think they, they all make a lot of sense. There's so many teams in the league that need to fill this position. I just don't know if I trust Billy O to, to do the right thing and, and bolster this defense when he's ruining the offense. It seemed last year and the year prior, it was always the, the offense that bailed out the defense, and there's the offense is not doing that again this year. So if he if he wants the defense to step up and actually compete, I think he, he has to make a move like this. Uh, on the Lions' side of the ball, yeah, they just uh, shipped off Darius Slay for absolutely nothing. Um, their hand was forced. That was clear and obvious to, to every team in the NFL. So he's going uh, to Mat- – Matty P wants to go get a guy that he trusts, that knows the Patriot way, that will conform to his style of coaching and not you know, get upset when he's calling him out in the, the uh, team meetings saying that, Oh, you should have done better here. You, you know, I. Why are you, uh, you know, why aren't you playing better? Why aren't you trying harder? He's not going to get upset.
0: He he's been through that system before. And he, I, I would also thick say enough skin. I would also say like, that uh, Mike Vrabel a pretty damn hard coach to play for as well. And you've got to have thick skin is, to play I, for him.
1: Mike Vrabel is more of a player's coach than Matt Patricia is. Matt Patricia is strictly by the book. He's trying to be Bill Belichick um you know 2.0 if you will. yeah um, and, I mean and so far it really hasn't worked out because as as people have stated you need to build the co- you need to show that you have you, you earn that respect of I can say whatever I want and do whatever I want and, and people are gonna treat me uh, as so. Bill Belichick won his championships before everybody truly bowed down to him and conformed to his style of coaching. Matt Patricia has proved nothing so far. That's why he's having so much so much issue with these players conforming to his coaching style.
0: Well, Matt Patricia, there's two things. Mike Vrabel was a was a player, right? So he's already got the respect yes. of the players before they even come into the door. Matt Patricia it, came from NASA uh, basically he came from RPI. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he came he came he was straight out of the library. Yeah. So, exactly. You know, there's a different sentiment there and then you know, you talk about Bill Belichick, well, he came into New England and he started to build the the roster the way he wanted, but he didn't come in like a wrecking ball like Matt Patricia did. Matt Patricia came in, he just started gutting the the uh, roster and then started building it with players that he liked. Bill Belichick didn't do that. He didn't start taking players from the Jets or the Giants and, and start, you know, building the teams that he used to have instead he worked with the players he had he got some some talented uh, free agents and made some trades but uh, you know his first major move was getting rid of uh, Drew Bledsoe. and uh, his other move was getting rid of lawyer Malloy you know he had the succession plan with Tom Brady which seemed to pr- work out pretty well um, and then lawyer Malloy was replaced pretty easily on, in, in the uh, DB room um, yeah, they had and tai he showed right well they had Taiwan they got Rodney Harrison and you know exactly, they, yeah. they made some some good moves so he showed that his his moves and his philosophy was was paying off where we haven't seen Matt Patricia win again like too many games yet he's got a worse record than um Jim Caldwell had when he was the Lions head coach and they chased him out of town so i i don't really know what else Matt Patricia can do than uh, other than sign Logan Ryan and hope for the best and really try to get some of that uh you know, uh, some of that um, production that he had from uh, Ryan in New England. Yeah, he's on Matt Matt Patricia's on the hottest of seats right now, and you might
1: as well go spend the money while you have a chance. Do whatever you have to to keep your job.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, We're going to move on from that. I want to change topics a little bit. One thing we haven't really been able to talk about so far was baseball, and the big news came down today that – uh, Mets star pitcher, former Cy Young Award winner Noah Syndergaard uh, tore his UCL in his elbow and he needs Tommy John surgery. Uh, Nick, quickly, do you think he, he returns as the best pitcher in baseball or is there a, a fall off here?
1: No, yeah, I definitely think there's a fall off here. It's very, very hard for somebody to come back from Tommy John and be the same pitcher. It's, you, you lose speed on the ball. You You just, you can't throw the pitches the same way. They, they they're just nothing is truly the same. You might have glimpses, but it's not gonna be consistent. And that that's what Syndergaard was. He was extremely consistent. He for you know three years in a row, he was the the top and uh, uh, NL pitcher in the league. And you know, I just don't think that that he'll be able to to pull it off. The only thing that might save him is that everybody is. Uh, and a hiatus right now with the coronavirus that he can have the surgery and he can start to rehab from it and by the time everything resumes he'll, he might only have missed one season right uh, this might not go into the 2020 season so he's not
0: the only he, he's not the only pitcher though you know you chris sale of the red sox also missed right. tommy john um who do you think uh, bounces back better I definitely
1: think that I think Noah Syndergaard bounces back better. I think he's 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 younger, he's younger huh? uh, yeah, uh, and I think he's just a better athlete when it comes to pitching. Chris Sale is, I, I, I he's just tall and don't... lanky, and Syndergaard's got yeah. a lot of muscle on him. Exactly, yeah. I think that definitely is going to help. Um, I agree. Just... I agree.
0: Yeah, as a Red Sox fan, I hate to admit it, but I, I agree. I think, I think Noah Syndergaard comes back stronger than Chris Sale does. Um, yeah. and I don't it's think it's also he...
1: hard to, it's hard. I know Chris sale is still one of the best pitchers in the AL, but no, Syndergaard just seems to be on
0: such a higher level than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so
1: it, it, it's hard to compare. It's like apples and oranges a little bit, a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll see, yeah. we'll see how it come. He comes back. Um, a lot of times with Tommy John, you know, you, you do something where it, you get a setback and, you know, if he can avoid setbacks and he can rehab it properly and and come back well, he might be able to return to to uh, semblance of his form. But he'll never be the the top dog like he was in uh, you know for the last few years. He's gonna he's definitely gonna take a, a dip in production. Absolutely. Um, the next thing I want to talk about uh, just quickly. I uh, we have I'm gonna put up a poll on our Twitter. I want everybody to go out there and vote. Um. Uh, which sport do you think will suffer most from the coronavirus do you think it's going to be baseball because their season has been postponed basketball and hockey both had the middle of their season stopped and you know they're going to try to figure out what to do from there um and then maybe the nfl um you know they haven't decided if they're moving training camp yet but it's definitely in discussions and the obviously one of their biggest prizes is the draft and there will be no fans there so you know lose who do you think uh, loses most of that, Nick. I'll, I'll let you go, but um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, it's definitely I, uh, for ba- base basketball in the NHL. I think that at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like this coronavirus. And I don't want to get too far into this. I don't think the coronavirus is going to stop in time. I don't think that they're going to want to push this out too much farther than they're already projecting it to go out. I know they're they're start they're saying they're probably going to pick it up in July, August, uh, and the NBA owners and players are willing to start it up whenever, but at what point do you just say enough's enough and we're just going to restart in October with the new season. So I, it would just, it would make a lot of sense for those, uh, those two sports to just call the season. You don't need to have a champion this year. It sucks because, you know, teams were working so hard and you were so deep into the regular season, but things happen you got to move on and, and restart. Um, well, so I, I, I don't,
0: I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, but I, I do want to say as of about 16 minutes ago, the NHL uh, came out with a statement that said um, they recommend that uh, players and staff stay away from team practice facilities until at least April 6th, which the NHL had come out previously and said that players and coaches could come back before that. But now they're retracting that and say at least April 6th, and then it may get extended again. Um, so, right, and it, it, I think that's just going to keep getting
1: pushed out because the more and more we learn about this virus, the more we we see that if it doesn't get handled literally within the next two weeks, this is going to go on for a very long time. It's all it's getting exponentially worse every day, and it's about to explode even more uh, if we don't get a, a handle on this. So, sports could be done for a very long time. And, I just don't think there's there's a reason to push sports literally a year off schedule because because of this. You might as well just cut your losses and and re- restart uh, fresh. So uh, the the NFL they're still you know in limbo. They're no they're in the off season uh, which which helps. So yeah. I don't think they're they're suffering that much. I think what suffers the most is baseball because they were all in training in spring training they were about to start the season you know it was literally about to start uh like this week um and then they got derailed so i i just i think what's going to happen is if this does get under control and they can you know pull the season in uh if they can start it back up in august maybe they have to have like an 80 game season well we'll um, we'll get
0: in, I, we'll get into that more uh, i think next week right. i have somebody i, I want to bring on who who came up with a plan that uh, he wanted to present so i, okay. I I'll, we'll bring in we'll talk about plans moving forward but um yeah so just finish just, your thought
1: i think that baseball is going to suffer the most from this and not even in a bad way because i think baseball is going to learn that they they need to restructure the season it doesn't need to be 9 months out of the year 162 game regular season that's not reasonable or feasible it's it just doesn't make any sense so i think they're going to re- they're going to have to shorten the season this year and they're going to realize that everybody loves it even more people are going to watch baseball more than ever the season with a shorter season they're going to enjoy the playoffs more
0: well games are going to matter more uh, exactly in and i think
1: that that's what's going to draw a lot more people is ever it's like watching, you know, this game is worth two games and uh that's that's going to matter a lot. So, uh, the ba- baseball might change for you know, the few you know, forever based on the coronavirus. Uh you know, it might change the the amount of games that are played per season, which would be absolutely huge and something that we've been calling for for so many years because of how long it is and, and <clears throat> boring and drawn out it can be.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like you said, uh, baseball, it, they never really got a chance to get started this year, at least base, uh basketball and hockey, you know, with hockey, you know, people think, you know, they're going to suffer the most. They, the fans who are loyal to the hockey, to hockey teams, they're going to stick around. They're going to be there through all of it. So they're not going to go anywhere. Hockey fans are some of the most loyal fans I've ever seen. Um, Basketball is the same way. If you're an avid basketball watcher, you're going to continue to watch. You're going to follow the Clippers and the Lakers and, you know, wherever it goes. I, I, I disagree with you. I think they're going to finish out the season. They're going to have a playoffs at some point. I think even if it, in, uh, interferes with the training camp of nfl and goes that far i think they're fine um but i think there will be at least a playoffs and we will have uh, a champion at some point but I, I don't think that um you know having no champion is a is a good idea uh, the NFL, they're not really affected. No fans at the draft is one thing. Uh, it'll be the first time Roger Goodell steps to a podium and doesn't hear booze. So I, you know, just make sure you boo him from your couch and hopefully he, he hears it from there. Um, uh, just
1: side note, real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. the last I heard, they're actually not going to Vegas anymore. They're just gonna do it, um, like in a in a studio. They're just gonna yeah. I names. I was heard that they
0: were gonna do it in New York. Actually, either in New York or they were gonna do it in. Um, uh in ohio at the uh, hall yeah. of fame that,
1: that would make a lot of sense i think that they're trying to figure out the logistics before they actually come forth with it because you have different networks um showing the draft and they need to figure out are we going to host it at abc and let nfl network also televise it in our studio or are we going to do it at a neutral site so that once they figure out the logistics it'll be set in stone because they want this to go on a schedule but uh i digress <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I I agree, and um, you know, with baseball, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, there's eighty, if we have eighty games, a hundred games, whatever the case is, I think fans are gonna be, um, more into it for a longer period of time. to To sit there for a hundred and sixty two games is just, you know, if you're not a die hard baseball fan. It is very tough, um, and like it's I said, hard our, for them. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. So, I, like I said, I have somebody who's come up with a couple different uh, response plans for MLB. He wants to present it. Um, we'll we'll try to get him onto the show next week. We'll see what he's doing. Um, but I I think that's that's where we go. I think baseball suffers the most from all of this going on. Um. Uh i just want to finish with one point and this is kind of new for today and uh this isn't even something nick and i talked about it's kind of a last minute throw in there um i saw a post earlier and i did vet it so it is true um that trevor lawrence and his girlfriend um they both uh came together and they Built a GoFundMe page to help victims of the coronavirus. They wanted to raise money and donate it, and the NCAA sta- uh, jumped in and told them that he uh, told Trevor Lawrence that he had to pull it down and refund all of the money uh, because it was a rules violation for NCAA players to uh, do any sort of uh, non-sanctioned fundraising, aka any fundraising that doesn't lead to the NCAA getting a cut of it. I think in all, this is just me on my soapbox. I think Mark Emmert is a disgusting human being and needs to be removed from, as the head of the NCAA. The fact that the, they, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who's a, what, 20-year-old kid is trying to do something good with his notoriety and try to get people to help in a time of need, especially with something so pressing as coronavirus. You see what is happening to our daily lives. We're without sports. We're we're without businesses. Some people are without jobs. You know, some people are losing their homes because of this. There's uh, massive effect, and he's trying to do something that can do some 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 uh, good here. He's trying to create positive change, and because he's an athlete for the NCAA and a and a top athlete at that, he he is shut down by the NCAA because they can't get their greedy fucking hands in his pockets. And I think it's absolutely atrocious that this is happening, and honestly, they need like the NCAA needs to be abolished. There is no reason why uh, an organization needs to be part of something. Uh, as as you know, crucial as fundraising for something like this, but in terms of you know governing college athletics, why there's no reason they need a governing board at, at right now. I, I don't I don't see the benefit. The NCAA does nothing uh as far as you know a a benefit to any of the college programs, I think they're a hindrance most of the time, and many of their rules are just causing issues for players and it's it all comes back to the fact that they don't get their hands in those pockets and so they don't want the the uh student athletes to get their uh any sort of notoriety or anything to do with money
1: yeah that that's a horrible situation and the NCAA is gonna feel the full wrath of that with the with COVID-19 affecting the entire world I they're gonna suffer so much backlash I I think that they're 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 gonna just let this go I, I they're that this is just a bad situation for them and they just we just uh had uh last year uh all states passed or we had a um a national law passed where players can not they can make money for themselves it, it's uh Play, uh, pay for play, right? But and, that's not
0: in effect yet. That's the only problem,
1: right? But th- that—that's a the the NCAA got got ahead of it and is you know figuring out those those rules. But this isn't even money that Trevor Lawrence is making. This is money that's going straight to charity. He's not going to see a single penny
0: of it. Right, like and he set, no money, he set up the GoFundMe. He set up the GoFundMe to go strictly to victims of coronavirus. He set it up so that he doesn't even have access to the to the back end point. Um, right, and it's just it. This is the response by Mark Emmert and the NCAA. Yeah, uh, he just I I personally need him to go. He's done.
1: Yeah, I think what Trevor Lawrence could do, especially with his uh with his, um public standing, he can use his platform and get get all the players in all sports to rally together put money forth i'm not saying Trevor Lawrence has to he hasn't you know made his money yet but they they i'm sure he can pull that brotherhood together and, and they can figure out a plan whether maybe it'll be his uh the you know the one he uh you know took over for Deshaun Watson where he, maybe deshaun watson can help out and who else is on that team jj watt who has done so much for houston over the years with with all their um uh the natural disasters he, he's helped them raise so much money so they know a thing or two about how to raise money and how to do it properly and i'm sure they're more than willing to help out in this uh situation and they'll be able to use all their other connections it's just going to create a ripple effect so i think with, with this story, once it actually gets full-blown, I'm sure it's going to be everywhere uh, starting tomorrow, that a lot of people are going to band together, and this is um, going to... What Trevor Lawrence set out to do is going to be a million times bigger than what he ever expected it to be because of the
0: NCAA's mis- mishandling of this situation. Uh, yeah, it just i i know uh, like i said this isn't something we talked about before it's it's very new it happened um just a couple hours ago um but the it I felt that it warranted bringing up and, and talking about. And I, I implore everybody who listens to, to go take a look at some of the things that the NCAA has done over their years and everything that they've taken away from student-athletes. You know, just because they're they're answering the call now about student-athletes getting paid doesn't mean that they're in the right. This is long overdue. This is something that should have been done a long time ago. Um, You know, and they're not reinstating, you know, awards like uh, for – um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Reggie Bush. There you go. Uh, Reggie Bush got his Heisman Trophy taken away because of uh, acts like this. And, you know, now it's going to become legal. And, you know, I understand that, you know, it, he did it at a time when it was illegal, so he had to suffer the repercussions. But at the same time, this is now something that, like I said, this is, should have been done a long time ago. Um, yeah, and, and, but... Even if
1: so, this is a very different situation where he's not profiting at all from this. Yeah. That they need to that that needs to be made very clear. He's making no money. He's only trying to do
0: good for for everybody else who's suffering in these times. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I just the NCAA needs uh, a wake up call, and uh, you know, whatever can be done from the the public to force upon. That wake-up call, I'm, I'm all for. So.
1: Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: with that, we're going to end this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we truly love doing this. Like I said, uh, look out for that uh, poll that we're going to post on our Twitter. Uh, we've been very active on social media the last couple of weeks. Feel free to like, comment, um, make sure that you're uh, engaging with us. We love hearing from you. And uh, as always, we will catch you next week. Take care.